Konnichiwa Minasan. My name is Autumn, and you are listening to Brave Conversations. So, we're going to be taking a little detour today, guys. My initial plan was to do chapter 4 of Genesis, but when God tells you to do something else, you just gotta do something else. So, instead of going to Um, into Genesis chapter 4 I'm going to be talking about a topic that you know I'm to be honest I'm a little nervous to talk about because I just feel like I'm unqualified to really discuss this topic but you know like I said when God tells you to do something you don't ask questions just do it so that's what I'm doing all right let's get into it It was a stormy Sunday night. (laughs) I'm just playing, (laughs) y'all. So, Sunday night, um, I had a dream. (laughs) Like Martin Luther King. (laughs) Okay, let me get back on track. So, I had a dream Sunday night, and um, it was actually several dreams that I had Sunday night. Like, I go through these... uh, these periods where I would have multiple dreams in one night. Like I would have a dream, wake up. And then when I would fall back to sleep, it would be a whole new different dream. And, um, I can't remember any of the dreams that I had Sunday night, but I just knew, I just know that I had them. But in like those periods where I would wake up, one thing that stuck in my mind was first Peter three. And it was almost like those words were like just flashing in my head, like a flashlight. Um, and then I would go to sleep, have my dream. And then when I wake up again, those words would flash in my head again. And so usually when that happens, I know instantly that that is God telling me to go read that verse or whatever pops in my head or to go do something. Um, it was even confirmed because like when I woke up that Sunday morning, first Peter three was like literally the only thing that I can think about. And I started to feel convicted when I wasn't like, you know, immediately going to pick up my Bible and reading first Peter three. So I just knew, oh yeah, that's God. He trying to talk to me. (laughs) So like you should always do, you should obey what God is telling you to do. And that's what I did. Um, so y'all, I I had no context about what, you know, First Peter 3 was going to be about. So when I first opened up First Peter 3 and the subtitle said wives and husbands, I was like, huh? I instantly thought, okay, maybe I was tripping. <laughs> maybe God really wasn't trying to talk to me because... I have currently in this season of life have no desire to get married. I don't even have the desire to date or, you know, get in a relationship with anybody. So I was confused. I was like, why would he lead me to this book? First Peter in this chapter, first uh, chapter three, where it's talking about wives and husbands. No, this is not mathing. The math not mathing. But then I started to like reflect 
And I realized that the topic of marriage and dating has been popping up a lot for me lately. And to be honest, it, this kind of all started back in October of 2022. So I'm a YouTube watcher. Okay. That's literally like all I do when I'm not reading or, you know, doing schoolwork. I, I'm usually on YouTube. And the way that YouTube works is that they will like your YouTube homepage really tells you what a person is interested in. And the way that works is that like YouTube will recommend videos based off the videos that you've already watched. So for me, my YouTube homepage is filled with sermons, hair tutorials, music production videos, uh, video podcasts, because like I listen to podcasts all the time and sometimes I like to watch the video versions. Um, and this is like non-faith based and faith based content. Um, I even got a, like a couple of T channels and commentator channels on there too. So when YouTube started recommending videos of like people talking about marriage and dating back in October, I was like, okay, something must be wrong with the algorithm. It must be a glitch because I have never watched a single video talking about this. So why is YouTube recommending this to me? And so what I would do is I would basically like click on that video and tell YouTube they got like this report thing where you can say, oh, I'm not interested or do not recommend. So that's what I would do every time these videos would pop up. And eventually if you keep doing that, YouTube would get the hint and be like, oh, she, she don't, she don't like that type of stuff. So I'm going to stop recommending, but it never stopped. Like they just kept recommending these videos. Um, and so fast forward to December of 2022, uh, another video is recommended to me and this is a video podcast channel. And the title of this podcast is dear, my future wifey. Now, instantly, I was about to do that report thing again and just tell YouTube, like, hey, I'm not interested in these topics, okay? But what made me stop, what made me not want to do that is that I saw that he was interviewing Judge Faith Jenkins. Now, I don't know if y'all know who Judge Faith is, but she is a judge. She had a show. Um, I can't remember the year that I found this show, but she had a show titled Judge Faith Jenkins and she was doing like, I think she was doing small claims court. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think that's, I just know she was kind of doing the same uh, trials that Judge Judy is doing now on her show. But like, I love watching shows like that. And I, um, I started watching her show back, back then. And I was really feeling her. Like she was, she was, uh, I, I really liked her vibe. And so, you know, eventually that show got canceled and I was very upset. But then I, I learned that she was going to be replacing Judge Toller on divorce court. And so I started watching divorce court. And then eventually, um, just recently, she stopped doing that. Um, and so I was like, oh, snap, here she goes. She's doing um, interviews and stuff. So I click on it and I watch it. And of course, they're talking about, you know, she's talking about her life and uh, her experiencing with dating and her marriage now. And then she also talks about her book, Sis Don't Settle. Now that's actually, the podcast is not the first time I heard about her book. 
she also advertised and talked about her book a little bit while she was uh, judging on divorce court. But I never really got the desire to read it Um, again, because like I don't have the desire to get married and I don't have the desire to date. So I'm like, why would I read a book about that? (laughs) Um, So I was just like, I would just like be like, oh, okay, she got a book and that's it. I wouldn't think about it. But, you know, after watching that interview, I got curious. I was like, well, maybe I can just read the book. And, you know, just not pay attention to like when she starts giving dating advice, because that's not the only thing she talks about in her book. She also talks about, you know, her own experience with dating and, you know, how her marriage is going now. And, you know, as a fan of hers, I was like, I was curious about her life. You know, she's a successful woman. She has a successful career. And now it seems like she has a successful relationship. So I just wanted to, you know, see what the secret is, you know. see see what the tea is and so I started reading her book back in December sis don't settle and as I'm reading it um I started to like questions started to really pop up in my mind um one of the questions was what is the role of a wife I was raised by a single mom and so I never really had that um front seat front seat view of a marriage and you know I was very curious like well what what does a successful marriage look like or you know if I were if if I were to get married you know what how would that go (laughs) I was like genuinely confused and you know then we I have this dream Sunday night and then you know of course I go read first Peter three And I just took it, I took that moment as God basically answering me. I didn't go pray to him about these questions. I didn't really ask him for clarification, but he just, God knows, like we read back in um, Genesis chapter three, God just knows you can't hide anything from this man. Like you, you can try, but you're just going to look foolish. And so he, I felt like, I feel like he saw my confusion or, you know, heard my confusion and he realized, okay, this is something that we need to address. So he sent me where I can get my answer. First Peter chapter three, and I'm going to be reading this from the ERV version, the easy to read version, because y'all. I be struggling to understand the Bible sometimes all that language they using. I'm just like, you need to simplify this for me. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. All right. So verse one. Oh, the subtitle is wives and husbands. In the same way, you wives should be willing to serve your husbands. Pause. Y'all. That line really struck a chord with me. Like, and when I mean struck a chord, like it instantly raised my defenses Um, to the point where I, I actually was contemplating, do I really want to read this? I don't want to read this no more because serve the word serve. So what serving, what serving means to me, like what I picture when people say that a wife, a wife should serve her husband. This is what I picture. I picture a woman in the kitchen cooking all the meals. She cleaning the whole house. She's taking care of the kids. 
She's satisfying the husband sexually and physically or emotionally. Um, making sure he is taken care of, like, you know, his laundry, making sure he happy, uh, uh, making him lunch, blah, 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 along with doing the same thing for your kids while the husband just goes to work, makes the money, and then he gets to come home and just chillax and have you basically serve him like you a waitress. I, I, even now, y'all can probably tell that it's just angering me because that's how I view serving. And that view, to me, that's just like one-sided. Like, what time does the wife have for herself? Where is the time for her to do something that makes her happy and relaxed? Who is making sure that she is being taken care of like she does for her husband and her kids? And if y'all don't know, that's patriarchy. And patriarchy is a system involving like the submission of women to men or femininity to masculinity. And that's not how autumn rolls. Okay. (laughs) That is not the life that I want to live. And I started to question, well, why if God knows me, he knows that that's not how I picture my future. So why would God want that life? Why is God telling me to live that life by telling me to serve my husband? And, you know, God's word is God's character and his truth. It's a look inside God's brain. So I know. So basically I'm saying this is basically everything in the Bible is God telling me what, you know, what he wants me to do, but also how he how he views us, you know, how we operate what he wants for us, how he wants us to operate. So I was like really angry, to be honest. I was angry with God. I was like, why would you want me to live this life that you're telling me right now? You know? And, you know, he also, I also know that God says in the Bible that he wants us to have the desires of our heart. And that's Psalms um, chapter 37, verses three through four, which I will read to y'all. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So that's basically a reminder that finding delight in the Lord will also result in positive things coming our way. Like he wants us to be happy through our trust, He through our um trust with him. He wants us to be happy. So I was like, if you want me to be happy, serving my husband the way I'm thinking about it, that doesn't equate to happiness to me. So I was thoroughly confused. And to be honest, I kind of started to get sad. And again, I was tempted to stop reading. Cause like, I don't want to hear this. This is not for me, but you know, something in me in that moment urged me to read on. And so that's what I did. Because again, once God tells you to do something, you don't ask questions, you just do it. So I feel like he was saying, Autumn, keep reading girl. Dang. You want to stop at one sentence. <laughs> so I, I I read on, and so I'm gonna reread that first sentence so I so you guys don't get lost. In the same way, you wives should be willing to serve your husbands. Then even those who have refused to accept God's teaching will be persuaded to believe because of the way you live. You will not need to say anything. Your husbands will see the pure lives that you live with respect for God. It is not fancy hair 
gold jewelry or fine clothes that should make you beautiful. No, your beauty should come from inside you. The beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That beauty will never disappear. It is worth very much to God. Okay. After I read that, you know, some, some, some happiness, some light started to shine in me because I actually agree with what verses two through four is saying. Y'all ever heard that quote? It's what's on the inside that matters most. And that's, I feel like that. I feel like that's what this, these verses two through four is basically saying. Like, don't use your personal appearance as a way to attract or even influence people. It's in the way you move. It's in the way you hold yourself that truly speaks to people. And I agree with that. I agree with that view. So I was like, okay, okay. So maybe this is what God was really trying to get me to focus on. Maybe all that wife serving husband stuff was just, you know, feel the words before I got to the actual point. So I was like, okay, okay. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. <laughs> but then he hit me up. <laughs> he hit me up. He hit me again. He really after my heart. He like, girl. <laughs> Cause this is verse five and six. <laughs> so after he got done telling me like, you know, what matters to me, God is basically saying what matters to me most is your heart. And so move accordingly, you know? All right. But then verse six, I mean, verse five and six, it was the same with the holy women who lived long ago and followed God. They made themselves beautiful in that same way. And by in that same way, he means they made themselves beautiful through their actions, not through their outer appearance. They were willing to serve their husband. I am talking about women like Sarah. She obeyed Abraham, her husband, and called him her master. And you women are true children of Sarah if you always do what is right and are not afraid. Y'all, that just, after I read that, mm -mm, I was like, ain't no way, ain't no way. There were a few verses or, or statements that really triggered me. The first one was, they were willing to serve their husbands. And I already told y'all what, you know, serving means to me, like how I view the word serving and the definition of it. Then he was saying how, like, he was basically saying how we should act like Sarah. Now, some of y'all already know how Sarah acted. Sarah is brought up in Genesis. And for those of you who are, who are, you know, going along with me on this, on this journey to, of reading Genesis, you will come to understand what this verse is really referring to later but basically Sarah he kind of explains it further Sarah obeyed Abraham her husband and called him her master now obey to me that when I when somebody says obey I instantly think of like a child obeying his or her parents or like a dog obeying their owner and again that ain't me <laughs> like of course I'm a child and I obey my mom but to think that I should have that same mentality or the same relationship with my husband like that does does not sit well with me um and then of course like the dog obeying his owner when you compare yourself to a dog you instantly get defensive like <laughs> yeah so like my, my my defenses were raised and then when I think about the word master, like it says that she called him her master, I instantly think about slavery. 
Like, and then that's what's like, so basically, God, are you asking me to be a slave? Uh-uh. You tripping. Mm-mm. <laughs> that's not for me. But y'all, like, and like, again, I was seriously about to about to stop reading this this book. Cause like I was like, okay, at first I thought you was on to something, but then you you just keep hitting me. You, <laughs> you just keep tearing, tearing up my heart. So um God had to like, he had to really pause me. He was like, No, you're not getting it. Something and he was like, No, you're not getting it. You're not getting the the context. So what I love about this about the study Bible I mentioned, I think last episode, the um E SV study Bible version that I'll be reading from, it has like a um a portion where they have like it's called study notes. And in these study notes, it gives you more context about the culture during the time of of the culture like when the book was written. It gives you like who wrote it, it gives you like their personality, like what was the cultural rules back then, what was the lingo that was used. It gives you definitions of the words used in that time period and stuff like that. So it, it basically gives you more context about what exactly the verse or passage is telling you um is happening or like what exactly they are saying. So basically it modernizes it, it, it shifts the, the, the old text of the Bible to modern times. It, it makes that connection. So God was like, you need to read the study notes. And I was like, yeah, let me read this because I need to know what you're talking about. It's just not the math is not mathing. So we're going to I'm actually going to read the study notes with y'all. OK, so for that. For the first two verses, which I'm going to reread because I don't want y'all to be lost. I'm going to reread the first two verses and then I'm going to read the study note behind it. So verse one and two. In the same way, you wives should be willing to serve your husbands. Then even those who have refused to accept God's teaching will be persuaded to believe because of the way you live. You will not need to say anything. Your husbands will see the pure lives that you live with respect for God. Okay, so this is what the study notes say. Husbands are to be the leaders in their homes and wives are to be subject to and follow their leadership. If a wife has an unbelieving husband who is disobedient to the word of God, she should not try to pressure him into converting. Instead, her godly conduct, which means like the way she acts, will testify without a word to the truth of the gospel. And so after I read that, it it really started to make sense. Like it kind of um, affirmed what I thought before. Like it's what on like the way you influence people is like how you act, not by how you look, you know. Um, Unfortunately, people just go off how people a person looks to you know to to aspire um to be that way but it's really about what's on the inside so I was like okay all right I'm starting to understand then it says scripture never says that women in general are to be subject to men in general but it does affirm male headship in the home and in the church scripture also affirms the equality of men and women and as being made in the image of God. So that actually 
that actually brought a little peace for me because again, my problem was it just seemed like God was asking, was basically telling women that men are supposed to be dominant or to rule over them. That's where I got, that's where my head was going when he was just like, wives should be willing to serve their husbands. And God had to remind me like, yes, I'm saying that, uh, that the man is supposed to be head of the household, but you guys are equal because you are both made in the image of me. So your way of thinking is not how I was saying at all. That's basically what God was telling me. And that brought a little peace for me. Um, another study note, there's another study note for the first verse, the, um, you know, wives should be willing to serve your husbands. And for this, um, for a Christian wife to have a different religion than her husband was quite astonishing for that culture of that time. The Greek historian, uh, a Greek historian who, um, you know, archived basically his life during that time period says in his, um, his, uh, writing, a wife should not acquire her own friends, but should make her husband's friends her own. The gods are the first and most significant friends. For this reason, it is proper for a wife to recognize only those gods whom her husband worships. So basically it's saying that back in Peter's time, during this time that he wrote this, it was, you know, common for women to follow the religion of their husbands. Basically it was, that's like the cultural norm back then. So even though Peter calls on wives to submit to their husbands, it was a different submission than was common in that culture for the wives. Devotion was first and foremost to Christ. So he's not saying you should submit to your husband in a way like, Oh, you should follow his religion to submission. He's saying, no, if anything, God always comes first, follow your religion, but also still submit to your husband. And we already kind of went over what, what they mean by serve and submit. It's not the same serve and submit that I was talking about. Let's move on to verses three and four. It is not fancy hair, gold jewelry, or fine clothes that should make you beautiful. No, your beauty should come from inside you. The beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That beauty will never disappear. It is worth very much to God. So Peter instructions here were common for his day. Okay. And actually, you know, that, um, outer appearance of like of jewelry and the braiding of the hair, you can actually see that in the portraits and sculptures of that time period. Um, women, wore elaborate braiding in their hair and they wore like ostentatious meaning you know very out there jewelry and that was common amongst the men and women in upper class roman society but what peter here is saying is that christian women should focus on their inner beauty of the heart what matters to god is the godly character of the wife um you know the gentle and quiet spirit it's clear that, you know, Peter is not literally saying that you, you all braiding of hair or all wearing of like the, the, the out there jewelry, the gold jewelry should be prohibited because if that was the case, it would be the same. He would say be saying the same about clothes in general. 
Instead, Peter is warning us against both like an obsession with personal appearance and material excess when it comes to like, you know, attracting a husband or even influence people. And again, that goes back. I actually agree with that. Like, it's not about what you wear. It's about like what you do that really impacts people. So, you know, you don't want um, people to think bad things about you. Then don't do those bad things. You know what I'm saying? Because like, that's what that's what matters the most. So then we get to five and six. It was the same with the holy women who lived long ago and followed God. They made themselves beautiful in that same way. They were willing to serve their husbands. I am talking about women like Sarah. She obeyed Abraham, her husband, and called him her master. And you women are true children of Sarah if you always do what is right and are not afraid. Now, again, let's talk about that Sarah obeyed Abraham. I already told you, I told you guys what I thought when I first read this, but this is what the study, the study notes is saying. Peter describes Sarah's submission in terms of obedience. Such obedience does not mean the relationship between husbands and, and wives is like that of parents and children, but it does show that a, that a wife is to follow her husband's direction and leadership. In the culture of her day, he's talking about Sarah. In the culture of Sarah's time, Sarah expressed her submission by respectively referring to Abraham as master. So that really cleared it up to me. Okay. Back in Sarah's time, the the word master had a different lingo than how we think about the word master today. And when I actually thought about that, I was like, okay, so God is not telling me to be a slave how I, how I picture a slave is. And then it says that, and you women are true children of Sarah. If you always do what is right and are not afraid. What I, I was a little confused about the are not afraid part. So it says here that Peter calls on wives to model themselves after such godly women, godly women being Sarah, not fearing that harm will come to them, but trusting God as Sarah did and y'all it was like a light bulb went in my head went off in my head because basically what God was saying is that Sarah was obedient to Abraham not because Abraham was harming her and you know not because Abraham was telling her you need to obey me or you know um not because, you know, that was like cultural society's um, view of what a, a wife should be doing. She was obeying Abraham because she trusted God. And when you trust in God, you have no fear that harm will come to you by doing what he's telling you to do. So that's why she was obedient. And so... In a way, God was telling me that, or actually, yeah, God was telling me that this, this animosity that you have towards my word is basically your mistrust in me. And y'all, God was really showing out. He was really revealing some things within me that I just refused to acknowledge but one thing I know is that once you give your life to Jesus Christ, 
he no he doesn't keep anything hidden he brings up things it, he makes you uncomfortable but then he also not only does he bring it up but then he also sticks with you while you heal from these things and he brought up a lot about myself that I just refused to acknowledge or that I didn't even know and so I had to ask myself well God where does this mistrust stem from and it really got me thinking about my environment growing up and even the environment I live in now so in order for y'all this is where I'm gonna get very vulnerable with y'all and this is the first time that I'm actually vocalizing this I've kept this inside of myself um for a very long time and I've talked to no one about it and you guys will be the first or actually God is the first but y'all close second (laughs) so I'm about to get vulnerable with you guys um I realized that growing up and even now, I have only had bad examples of men in relationships, meaning like, well, for one, I I was raised by a single mom, so I didn't have a man in the household to show me how I was a woman is supposed to be treated in a relationship. Then I have the male figures, um, the other male figures in my family, and I see the way that they treat their women in a relationship. And let me just tell y'all now, I'm not finna go into the nitty gritty. It's not good at all. I've seen, you know, women in my family be physically, verbally, emotionally abused. Um, uh, it's, it's a common theme with the males and you know, even like looking at the feet, my like the female family members relationships with their with the men they get into. And it's it's not picture perfect at all. It's not what what society um, portrays on TV. It's not that nuclear nuclear um, American family where everybody's happy. You got the picket fence and the dog and mom and her, mom and dad are in the household. You know, it wasn't that. And um, even now. As I, I as I grew older and I got on social media, even now, um, you got all these alpha male energy people and they're talking about how women um are below them or, you know, making women out to be slaves and how, you know, we're all just, you know, uh uh we shouldn't trust a woman, we're all disloyal, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I internalize those things. Like, I don't listen to those things because that's not what I believe and I don't follow the crowd, but I still internalized it. It still was, you know, placed into my head. And so I was like, if this is how women, I mean, if this is how men think about women and I've seen firsthand, you know, this constant abuse that women take, um, in a relationship, then that I don't want a relationship. And for the longest time, y'all, when people would ask me how I envision my life 10 to 15 years from now, it was never like, Ooh, I'm a, I have met, I'm married. I have kids. I saw myself as a single mom raising kids by myself. And, um, a big part of that does come from the fact that I myself was raised by a single mom, but, I might have to be on if I have to be honest with myself it's because I was saying that because like I just didn't want to deal with how men 
or how I saw men treating women. I knew that that I didn't want to be treated like that. I just saw that that's not love. That's not that's not happiness. Like, why, why would I want to go through that? So in my head, I was like, well, if that's the way it is, then I guess I can't have it. And it's not for me. And I'll just, you know, you can't stop me from having kids. (laughs) So I'll just adopt kids or maybe do artificial insemination and I'll live the life that I want to live, um, by myself. And, you know, I thought that was possible. I mean, it is easier to have another parent in the household to take care of everything. But I saw my mom raise me and my brother by herself and we came out pretty decent people. So, I, I, you know, she made the impossible look possible. So I thought I could do the same thing. But after, you know, God guided me to where guided me to first Peter three and I started to really sit down and, and reflect. I feel like God was basically asking me. This is God. Why are you blaming me for the sins of man? And y'all, he really be showing out for me. I'm just thinking back now. It's, it's, it just, it blows my mind now. And I have to ask myself, like, why am I blaming God for the actions of humans? We've already established that humans are not, yeah, you shouldn't, humans, we messed up, Okay. We be on our own agendas. Basically, we're not humans are not really credible with their the way they act in this world. Okay. And that comes from the free will that I talked about in the first episode. Like God gives us free will for our choices. And I was blaming God for the choices for that free will that people have made. And so after that question popped in my head, God told me to read on because of course, um, he was like, you're not, you're not finished yet. And he was basically saying, let me show you how a man or a husband is supposed to act. It's supposed, let me, let me, um, uh, fix your view of how a man is supposed to act. Thank you, God. And so I read verse seven of, um, first Peter chapter three, which I will read to you guys in the same way. You husbands should live with your wives in an understanding way, since they are weaker than you. You should show them respect because God gives them the same blessings he gives you, the grace of true life. Do this so that nothing will stop your prayers from being heard. Now, I learned my lesson the first time by making sure that I read the study notes before I I form my own thoughts. So I'm going to read the study notes for verse seven for y'all. Peter's advice to husbands is compressed, meaning um, he's saying that, yeah, Peter's advice to husbands, they literally only got one verse compared to like (laughs) all the advice he gave to the husbands. We got one through six and, you know, the husbands got one. But they saying that Peter's advice to husbands is compressed, perhaps because he addresses at more length those under authority who are most likely to be mistreated, which are slaves and wives. The word likewise is merely a transition. It does not mean husbands should submit to their wives since scripture never teaches that. To live in an understanding way, probably focus on living in accord with God's will, which includes understanding the needs of a wife. Interpreters differ over whether weaker means weaker in terms of authority, emotions, or physical strength. 
Peter is probably thinking of the general truth that men are physically stronger than women and may be tempted to threaten their wives through physical or verbal abuse. Women and men share an equal destiny as heirs of the grace of life. Peter does not think women are inferior to men, for both are equally made in God's image. If husbands do not treat their wives in a godly way, the Lord will pay will pay no heed to their prayers. And so I felt y'all the, 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 the peace and love that I felt in that moment, like, I just had to take a deep breath because y'all since then, I told y'all this happened Sunday and Monday since then, I told y'all that I envisioned myself as a single mom. And it's kind of like when I, when I envision my future now, it's like a man is slowly starting to form. <laughs> it's, it's slowly piece by piece, you know, limb by limb is starting to form in my head. And I just got to thank God in this moment for bringing clarity to me and for bringing healing because I didn't realize that I was holding on to this hurt and that it was shaping the way I I view life. And in a way, I feel like the devil was like trying to stop me from achieving what God wants to me fully by implanting these these um these views in my head about how women how men treat women in relationship. And so when I read this and I fully like sat with it for a couple of days, I started to see what he meant by, you know, a wife should be willing to serve her husband. And I'm going to put it like this. Husbands are, and this is what God's telling me. Husbands are supposed to treat their wives with love are supposed to put their wives well-being above others actually he tells us that in genesis chapter 2 um which i'm actually going to read back remember in genesis chapter 2 um god made a, a companion for adam right because he realized that none of the other beasts um or living things in the Garden of Eden was suitable for Adam. It didn't fit him. Um, and he said that it's not good for man to be alone. So the Lord took one of Adam's ribs and he made for Adam woman. And verse 24 says of Genesis chapter two, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. In this way, two people become one. So, to give y'all more context, back in ancient times, um, the son wouldn't physically leave the parents' house. In fact, he would stay there until the father died and he would inherit the land. So God is not saying that, you know, once a, once a man, a man leaves his father and mother, like physically, like move out of the house. He's saying that he when once he takes a wife, he puts that wife's well-being in front of his parents and so I feel like God is saying a husband is to love a wife 
is to take her needs in account when he's making, you know, the, the decisions as the leader in the household. He's not making selfish decisions about his own self gratification when he's making these decisions and he's being leader, um, the head of household. He thinks about his wife first and foremost, thinks about what God wants, and then he makes those decisions. And so in this way, um, you know, I feel like I'm still trying to really process this and it takes time guys. Like you're not going to get everything the first go, but that is kind of how my thought process is going with, with, you know, the role of a husband and wife. And I thought about like, yeah, if that was the case, then yeah, I wouldn't mind cooking for my husband. I wouldn't mind doing his laundry. If I just want to make sure I just want to not fear that harm will come to me and that this is a, you know, give and take relationship, not just give, 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 give. And, you know, one person takes. And that's kind of how my how I grew up. I just constantly saw the woman giving, giving, giving and her not being safe, her not being secure in the relationship and like the husband just taking, taking, taking. And so, you know, th- it just really blows my mind that I'm even talking about this because like I said, y'all, when I have no interest in this season of life, I don't have any interest in marriage or anything. So for God to just bring this up out of the blue, like I wasn't, I told you I repressed these things. Like I didn't think about them at all. I just didn't acknowledge. I just kind of set in my ways and he just brought this up and I didn't even realize that I needed healing from this. And so, you know, I'm still in the healing process. I'm still, you know, really dissecting my mind towards this, but it, it gave me a start on where to look. And I, and I'm, I'm just thankful that I'm able to work on this now so that once I do get into a relationship, I'm not holding any, any baggage. You know, I feel like, I can have a successful marriage, but I, it's work within myself that I need to do, which is actually something that, you know, Judge Faith says in her book, Sis Don't Settle. I really recommend y'all read that. It's actually being really, it's actually a really good book. And like, it's, it's just giving me hope for the future. And that's, and that's all God wants. He just wants you to trust him and he wants us to be happy and he wants us to have hope. Um, and I feel like this this was God's way of making sure that I had that. And I hope that this was helpful for somebody else who also was maybe having the same thought process, who maybe grew up in the same environment and, you know, seeing all these people on social media talk this way or believe these ways. But you have to realize that that's the thing. It's it's the world's view. It's not God's view. We already saw that. God's view of the world and what he wants for wants for us was distorted and by sin back in Genesis 3 and that did not stop it's continuing today it is still being distorted by the sins of man by the choices of man but God doesn't instead of God taking that free will from us he's still allowing us to make choices for ourselves but we have to we have to separate God from the choices of man because there is people out here who's just not following the way that God like following God's instructions and they're just doing things for themselves it's the world's view not God's view and I'm glad I know that now so yeah 
um that's it so that is the end of this episode guys like I truly learned a lot about myself and I can only thank God because like he led me here you know um I was obedient and he led me here and now I'm in the process of really healing from this because you know I did have some deep-rooted hurt behind this so you know um I actually have some questions for you guys like what experiences did you have growing up or even now um that you know kind of shapes and forms your thoughts um towards marriage dating and you know just being out here in these streets <laughs> um again like and maybe you personally never thought about marriage and dating relationships too maybe you repressed those feelings as well so after listening to this what are your thoughts now and have they changed um again are there some things that you disagree with me on or are there some things that you agree with me on I just want to hear people's stories I do genuinely want to hear you know people talk about this through all walks of life people who are single people who don't want kids who people who who want to stay single all their lives people who want to get married people who are married like you know this is a safe space I have no judgment like again I'm a mess <laughs> I have no room to judge anybody I'm a complete mess as you can probably tell um I still have some things that I need to work on within myself but you know God calls for community you know and you know you your story could help me or somebody else um like I hope mine helped somebody out there and it only just takes one brave person to come out and just tell their story you know um so you can do this by following our social medias uh facebook and instagram at brave convos that is at sign b-r-a-v-e-c-o-n-v-o-s at brave convos you can leave a dm you can leave a comment um just you know just telling us what you thought you know telling us your story but if you really want to be brave you go ahead and leave a voice message baby just go down to them to that show description and click that link that says uh leave a voice message and let your voice be heard baby let your voice be heard and we'll keep you anonymous if that's what you want just let just let us know in that recording that you don't want your name or identity known and we'll do everything in our power to make sure that happens baby but you know let's all be brave conversationalists okay let's let's put it out there let's be real let's be raw because like I said, this, your story could help somebody else during a time of need. It could help direct, direct them, give them advice. Um, so yeah, make sure to stream our podcast episodes wherever you get your podcast. We are on so many platforms, Apple Music. Um, what? Not Apple Music. Y'all forgive me. My brain is fried. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Amazon Music, um, what else? Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public. We own a lot of stuff. So make sure you go stream our other episodes and this one. Again, like, comment, and share. Share the love, y'all. Um, my goal is to glow up and act like I don't know nobody. Let me know if you got that. If you got that that reference I just did. If you didn't, uh, I'm sorry. But um, so yeah, it was nice talking to you guys. It's more Bye.